Welcome everyone to another edition of the Final Down NFL podcast with myself, Jim, and Denver Dave. We're here to talk about the NFL. Dave, how are you doing, sir? Just the two of us today. I know. Unfortunately, Punk Raider can't be with us. He is in a place called Halifax. No, he's in with work. Don't lie. Well, <laughs> he's doing something there. Maybe he's scoping out somewhere or, you know, getting his... Uh, his... He's doing a bank job. That's what he's doing. <laughs> his leather braces realigned. Um, yeah. Whatever the reason, Punk is not with us today, unfortunately. We have got some notes on the uh, on the Raiders game that I'll be able to read out when we do that part of the review. But we're going to crack mm-hmm. on anyway. So Dave and myself, like the old days, um, going for all of the Week 13 games. Ooh, bit bit of news before we start. Um, oh, it's not, not a huge amount of news. Um, yeah, so there's been some coaching changes in college. Now, normally we don't feature <laughs> college too much on this whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but the guy who for me I was really hoping was going to be joining the Broncos now definitely isn't so Lincoln Riley who was the head coach for the Oklahoma oh, Sooners Oklahoma he is uh, so yeah, he is responsible to... for bringing yeah, his uh, quarterbacks like Kyler Murray unfortunately Baker Mayfield um, <laughs> Jalen Hurst there's quite a few players who have come through his and Oklahoma aren't like a, yeah they're not like a rich um, so they haven't got a rich history or anything like that but he has moved there was rumours that he was going to be going to LSU mm-hmm. um, that hasn't happened he's now going to uh, University of Southern Cal so mm-hmm. USC USC is has historically been absolute powerhouse of the Pac-10 or Trojans. now Pac-12 yeah now Pac-12 um, and essentially the um, Yeah, so he's now moved across to the West Coast. Um, LSU now have a new coach as well, uh, moving from Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame. Yeah, big moves there. Um, What was interesting is um, the sign, a guy who's gone to LSU, his name has completely gone out of my head. Brian Kelly, that was. I was thinking Chip Kelly, and I didn't want to say Chip Kelly because he no. obviously isn't Chip Kelly. Um, but yeah, Brian Kelly's gone. And uh, have you heard about his contract, Jim? It's big, right? Well, you know your contract's big when the general manager, because <laughs> college teams do still have general managers, although most yep. of the time it's just recruiting. Um, when the general manager of the team you're leaving announces what your contract is going to be at your new team <laughs> it's a nine year oh, sorry 10 year 95 million dollar deal and that is in a league where the players don't get paid so there you go two big pieces of news for you. anyone who's athletes most uh, most states the highest paid person is the college football coach yeah if you look at um the head coaches now gruden's obviously been axed um, yep. if you look at the highest paid college coaches like eight of the top 10 are uh, would be top top ten coaches in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the income revenue streams that they get are absolutely insane. Uh, one of the games the uh, the weekend got one hundred and ten thousand people turn up to it, and each one of those people, yes, they're not paying as much money as you pay to go to an NFL game, but it's still thirty, forty, fifty quid a ticket. Yeah, it's too so expensive. It yeah, yeah. And, um, USC. I mean, Pete Carroll was one of the big names head coach in there back in the two uh, thousands. Yep. And although there's not been a massive factory coming out, I mean, Sam Donald was USC, wasn't he? He was the last one, yeah. Um, Elijah Veritaka, uh, Dory Jackson, I'm trying to think of some names now. Uh, Michael Pittman. These mm. all guys who are currently mm. in the NFL who came from USC. I can't think of any other names. How bad is that? But no, USC historically have been an absolute... I, I want to say Juju, but I'm not sure now. I'm just questioning I myself. I think... You, 
is it Juju or is it Claypool? No, it's Juju. You're right. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah, no, Claypool right. was Minnesota, I think. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're going to Clay- the weeds now. Thanks very much, Dave, for derailing that. <laughs> I was going to say, I knew Chase Claypool was somewhere up north because he's Canadian, but I couldn't remember mm. which one it is, so I'm not sure it is. <laughs> not allowed to go too far south of the border. Nah. Uh, right, so let's do the Week 12 games. I got ahead of myself earlier. We're going through the review of the Week 12 games. And uh, just before we get started, Dave, if I could take a flamethrower to any regular season week of the NFL, it would be this week. Um, I love everything. I was the, I said on Twitter, I was the patron saint of bad picks this week. Um, everything I, I, that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. The thing is, you were the patron, you were the patron saint of bad picks. I only beat you by one, so let's not go. <laughs> it wasn't a great week for most of us. Uh, but let's start with Thursday because that was obviously Thanksgiving. And the first game of the weekend was a, a classic. The Chicago Bears ended a five-game losing streak under still head coach Matt Nagy over the division rival Detroit Lions. Detroit made many mistakes early and late to extend its winless skid to 15 games since beating the Bears on the road uh, nearly a year ago. Uh, The Lions had 10 penalties, including three in a row, when they were still at midfield, which ended their chance to score in their last possession. They even took a five-yard penalty uh, on calling consecutive timeouts without a play in between, which is a new one. A Jimmy Graham touchdown, three Cairo Santos field goals for Chicago, outdid the touchdowns from Josh Reynolds and TJ Hawkinson. And the final score at Ford Field was the Bears 16, Lions 14. Yeah, this one was a real slobber knocker. It was not mm. good. Um, I thought Jared Goff almost came of age, though, because I thought he actually <laughs> played really well in this game, despite his his coaches and referees doing everything they could to try and uh, hamstring him on every occasion. Mm. Um, the back-to-back penalties that were called, that was a weird one, because Dan Campbell um, uh, made a timeout, and then the play clock was running down and he basically pulled another timeout and then a flag went up and he was going mad. And then you could see on camera, one of the um, referees came over and said, you can't do back-to-back timeouts. And he just looked at him and went, oh, f- not only do you then get a five-yard penalty, you also lose the timeout. So it's not even though you get the timeout back. So it's a double no. dip. And, and he um, said afterwards that he did it on purpose because half the team had one play call set it. and the other, t- other half had a different one. So it, it saved a touchdown well, in air quotes. So that was his excuse afterwards. That's different from what you saw. When you're in two-minute drills, Mm -hmm. why number one, why is half your team going off one play call and another team going on another? That that shouldn't ever be a thing. The the first five plays of any drive, or sorry, the first five plays of your opening drive should be set out and scripted because that's what every team does. And two-minute drills should be absolutely set in stone this is what we do this is what we're best at these are our best plays everyone should know what they're doing fundamentally everyone everyone should know what they're doing so the fact that you had half the team who were on a different page that says something about the coaching and then standing there having a go and making you know just i'm sorry lying afterwards saying (laughs) you meant to do it it's fundamentally not true i'm sorry it's not Mm. oh well but yeah, um, a Biz, win for Chicago. Biz. Andy Dalton still under center. Obviously, Justin Fields was still injured. Uh, yeah, Biz didn't that, I mean, win this. Lions lost it. Yeah, it was a last minute yeah. goal. I, I, I was out to dinner during part of this game and came back sort of late in the third quarter. Um, I watched a bit of the first quarter as well. It wasn't the best game, mm-hmm. um, but I think the Lions really struggled on offense without that effective run game um, because DeAndre Swift wasn't in. Um, but great, great touchdown with Josh Reynolds. Really, then, really enjoyed that. Yeah, they're not sure if uh, Swift's going to be available this weekend. It's a touch and go. He might even miss a couple of weeks. 
uh, after that latest yeah. injury. Okay, so on to the next game then of Thanksgiving. And Daniel Carlson kicked a 29-yard field goal in overtime after Anthony Brown's fourth pass interference penalty kept the drive alive. And the Raiders ended a three-game losing streak by beating the Cowboys on Thursday. Carlson's career-best fifth field goal came after Brown was called for interference on Zay Jones on third and 18. All four of Brown's interference penalties came on third down incompletions. That's brilliant. Both teams had season highs in penalties and yards. Dallas, the NFL leader in penalty yards coming in, had 14 for a franchise record 166 yards and Las Vegas 14 for 110. Derek Carr, got a touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Derek Carr got a touchdown pass to Deshaun Jackson and Mar- Marcus Mariota ran one in, as did Josh Jacobs. Tony Pollard had a 100-yard kickoff return for Dallas in the third quarter. Dak Prescott had 209 of his 375 yards passing in the fourth quarter alone. His 32-yard touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz and two-point conversion toss to the tight end pulled the Cowboys even at 30 with 2.54 remaining after they trailed almost from the start. Sean McKeown and Ezekiel Elliott also scored for Dallas, but in the end, the Raiders got it done. Final scores, the Raiders 36, Cowboys 33. In total, there were 28 penalties in this game. Now, I know the commentators were going a bit hard on the uh, refereeing group, um, saying that some of them were quite soft. I didn't think any were agree. I didn't think any were terrible calls. Some of them were a bit like, okay, I wouldn't have again, called that. Again. <laughs> but at least they were consistent. If, if yeah. you've got a referee who's giving a non-hold on one and then giving it as a hold on the other, that's what's annoying. But they were consistent throughout. Just stop holding. That's all, mm. it, that's all you have to do. Mm. Some of the PI calls um, wasn't wasn't too sure on, but again, they, they were reasonably consistent. You put your hands on and give the referee the ability to make that decision, give him something to do, you know, yeah. give him a decision to make, and you're asking for trouble. Mm. Um, but again, if I've got a cornerback out there who's been stung, what was it, three times before the end? What was it, four times in total? Yeah, four if, times I've got in a total. Guy, if I've got a guy who's already been stung three times, he's not going out there for the final play. I'm, I'm sorry, that guy. No, you're, you're, you're sitting on the bench, mate. You know, you know, I'm, not having you, I'm not having you out there. I don't care who I have to bring in. I'll bring in a safety and play corner instead. I don't care. Mm. Um, but they left him out there. He got done for a fourth time. You could just see on his face going, for God's sake, because you know he, he knew... He knew that he'd lost them the game. Simple as that. Mm. Daniel Carlson is a good, good kicker. He got 20 points this week. In one of my other <laughs> fantasy leagues, he was a difference. Mm. And that, that chokes you up. So, yeah, it's a shame we, we haven't got our, our uh, friend here to wax lyrical about the Raiders. But oh, I'm quite glad he's not, to be honest, Dave. Can you imagine what he'd be... Just be unbearable. unbearable. I mean, yeah. although at the same time, he has <laughs> sent me some cliff notes here, Dave. So, I'm going to have to read this out um, word for word. So, just imagine, guys, that this is... Punk saying these words. This is definitely not my views. These are the yeah. views of Punk Raider himself. <clears throat> After the snooze fest that was the Bears versus Lions, this game was a rip snorter. We were never behind in the game, eking out an 11-point lead in the second half before the Cowgirls made a 100-yard kickoff return to make it tight again. This felt like a do-or-die game. Lose here and the chance of the playoffs feels like it would have slipped away. Offense starting quick was a nice change. It's been a while. And it shows if we don't have to keep playing catch-up and can play from in front, we can win games. Anthony Brown was a PI flag magnet for the Cowgirls. Keep saying that. And I'm especially grateful for the stupidity in blocking Zay Jones on third and 18 in overtime. Defensive backfield is still a bit of an issue and definitely tired through the game. The Darren Waller injury, which we haven't mentioned yet, is in the second quarter I thought was the end of us, but the receiving core stepped up and both Renfro and Jackson went for over 100 yards. Refs were overly flag happy, but were making really bad decisions for both teams, which made a nice change. <laughs> Washington next week, so we'll see if we can keep the offense rolling. And that is the view of Punk Raider on that game. Yep. 
I think the only thing, the only thing in addition, I would say to that, I don't disagree with anything he said there. To be perfectly honest, not necessarily. Uh, secondary has been an issue for the Raiders since about two thousand and seven. So, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Um, but no, Ra- Raiders were the better team and deserve to win. Cowboys are a funny team. They they they're kind of taking up that mantle of going good, bad, good, bad. I mean, against the Broncos, they were catastrophically bad, and that's why I wasn't too excited by it because how can you you know it was like England versus Latvia the other night in the football which I know Jim you probably don't know about but England won 20 nil yeah England's women beat Latvia's women 20 nil oh cool yeah that's that's what the Broncos versus Cowboys game was like mm. Cowboys were significantly better in this game yeah but it was still two teams who didn't really look like playoff teams but Raiders won and you have to take your hat off and you know beating a team like the Cowboys with the talent they have is still difficult. Um, But yeah, congratulations to them. But Cowboys are a worrying team. They still feel like the best of the worst division. Does that make sense? (laughs) Well, we'll find out as it moves on. Um, We're going to move on to the last game of Thursday night. And that was the, the Bills and the Saints. So Josh Allen passed for 260 yards and four touchdowns and the Bills throttled New Orleans shorthanded offense on Thursday night. They sent the injury ravaged Saints to their fourth straight loss. Dawson Knox caught two touchdown passes, giving him a franchise best seven touchdowns in a single season by a tight end. His second score gave the Bills a 24-0 lead. Stefan Diggs had seven receptions for 74 yards and a touchdown, and running back Matt Breda turned a short pass into a 23-yard score. The Saints, playing without running back Alvin Kamara for a third straight game, were shut out for three quarters. They finally scored on Simeon's 11-yard pass to tight end Nick Burnett on the first play of the fourth. Unfortunately, a lot of Saints fans already left by that point, so missed it. Final score was the Bills 31, Saints 6. I ain't got much to say about this one, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, the foregone Bills, conclusion. Really. You, yeah, you expected the Bills to turn them over. They did. Um, mm. Saints don't look great. I I think at this point, you, you uh, for me, I think you just take Simeon, Simeon out and you throw in your running back to play there. You know, I mean, how... They've given... Um, Oh, name's completely gone out of my head. Taysom Hill. They're giving him a big con- Taysom Hill. They're giving him a big contract, yeah, as an, an incentive to play as uh, a, a QB. And mm. I don't understand why he's not starting. Simeon's not pulling up trees. He's you know he's doing okay. He's doing particularly brilliantly. Put Taysom Hill in. It doesn't make sense. You've got nothing to play for now. You're not gonna you know you're not challenging anyone towards the top of your division. So. Do or die. I mean, you've given the guy a contract to play at quarterback. Just let him play now. I don't understand what you've got to benefit. What benefit you've got to keeping Simeon in? He's he's proven he's not good enough on numerous occasions. I really like Simeon. I think he's he's going to be a phenomenal coach. And that's not <laughs> even me joking. I think he will be a phenomenal coach. Yeah. Um, he's just not a starting level quarterback, unfortunately. So go with Taysom Hill. You, you've given him a big contract for a reason. Let him go out and prove it. And it's not that's not even me being flippant. Is let him go out and prove he is or isn't the guy. Because at the moment he's just sitting on a bench. You know, it's, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, as a a fan of a QB needy team, I'm quite happy for them to sit on the fence for a while and, and not know what they've got or not got in Taysom Hill um, until a couple of years down the road. So. Long yeah. may that the other, continue. The other answer, the other answer to this is, of course, they know exactly what they've got with Taysom Hill. <laughs> well, that's they why they were happy to give. Yeah, that's exactly why they've given him a QB heavy contract. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. 
Let's go on then from Thursday to Sunday and let's get out of the way now. The Cincinnati Bengals beat the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Making it. <laughs> That's not nice. Making it Cincinnati's first season sweep of the Steelers since 2009. Joe Mixon rushed for a career high 165 yards and two touchdowns. Joe Burrow scrambled for a score and passed one for T. Higgins, who had over 100 yards receiving. Cincinnati scored on its first four drives and then ex-Steeler cornerback Mike Hilton jumped James Washington's route and ran it back 24 yards for a touchdown with 30 seconds left in the half. Pittsburgh got one score right at the end, annoyingly a decent pass and catch in the end zone for, to rookie Pat Fryermuth. The final score was the Steelers 10, Bengals 41. Jim. Yes. Now. <laughs> Burn on, it. Man. Burn it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> this is as bad as I can remember the Steelers playing. Uh, it wasn't a good game, no. Everyone everyone has that in their locker where they can go out and stink it up. I mean, we've seen the Bills do yeah. it a couple of times this season. Oh, um, look, every, every team's done it this season. Every Titans, team. I don't care yeah. who you are. Every single team has put in a stinker. Yeah. But if there's a stinker hall of fame, this <laughs> one and the Cowboys against the Broncos game, they're the two that really stand out. This was diabolical. I mean, I don't yeah. really remember any momentum being created by the Steelers at all. No, they definitely um, beat us at the line of scrimmage on both mm. sides. Uh, yeah, it was just one of those games where walked into a wood chip. And I mean, it's not as if we didn't have any warning about it because they beat us earlier in the season in Pittsburgh. So from all the noise coming out, TJ Watt was coming back. So was Minka Fitzpatrick. Joe Hayden didn't get back in time. Uh, so we had to go without our number one cornerback. But even then, that doesn't doesn't make any difference what happened at the line and what we allowed Cincinnati to do and the way that we still had 41 pass attempts in this game and only 15 yeah. run plays. I don't care yeah. if you're behind, you've got to establish a run and you've got Najee yeah. Harris had eight carries. It's crazy. Yeah. Every Steeler fan knows it. They and the steel and the offensive coordinator and Matt Canada and, and Mike Tomlin are choosing not to Stick stick to the plan A, or maybe that plan A is to throw it fifty times a game. But yeah. it's not it's not the way you're going to win these games. You can't do that. Um, Roethlisberger is throwing it. He's got the quickest release in the league at like under two seconds. He's taking it from snap to throw. When you're doing it forty times a game, it doesn't yeah. make a difference. How quick exactly. You're doing that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is it's not giving players a time to get separation, no. and so he's just heaving stuff downfield. Uh, it's not. Uh, it's, it's low percentage catches. We've got some good receivers. Dante Johnson's having a pretty good season still. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's not going to work. And unfortunately, we we ran into a, a buzzsaw today. And the Bengals, after years and years of picking above us in the draft, of you know, eventually comes home to roost. And we haven't game planned accordingly. We haven't uh, covered ourselves off from injuries and you know, losses and retirements and things. So yeah, it was a, a horrible yeah. day. Hurt a lot, but 24 hours, I like to like compartmentalize stuff. So 24 hours later, you move on. Um, well done to the Bengals because they played really well and they're in a good position now in the AFC North. I know it's a very tight division, but I think they've got a good chance of finishing top. After the, finishing bottom, I, obviously, that's a good good move. I I agree with you 100. I think um, the Bengals are really sort of benefit benefiting from having stronger lines either side of the ball. Um, I think coaching's been vastly improved based on what they've had previously and obviously having a good <laughs> solid quarterback. Yeah. Um, being able to lead your team is great as well. And they've got Joe Mixon, who's 
for me, an all-star running back. His performance in this game, 160-something yards or around 66. about there. Yep. Sorry, yeah. 165. 165, as I said in the review. Yep. So, the Steelers... I go back to the run game, the Steelers. So last season, the Steelers, in terms of total yards, had only 1,350 total yards, yep. rounding a little bit. So 1,350 <laughs> total yards. Fine. Now, that's less than some running backs on their own gut. Mm-hmm. Um, this season so far, the only teams with fewer rushing yards than you are the Jets, the Falcons, and the Texans. And the Texans yeah. don't count. Because they're not a team, um, so, but, and they're so still better than the really... Lions. So... Well, well, well maybe <laughs> they're a game well, ahead. They're two games ahead. They're two games ahead of the Lions. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's an crazy. There. Not, um, I don't want to focus too much on the Steelers. We've got loads of games to talk about. No, no, no. About. The, the only, the only thing I was going to say is you absolutely fundamentally have to improve the run, and that's the key to success. You've got yeah. half decent running backs now. You've got you do what we thought was an okay. Um, okay, receiving core. You just got to make them mm-hmm. hook up. Yeah, yeah. Not not a great week. Needs to be more balanced, and they just keep doing the same thing over and over again. And that's the definition of insanity. So, yep. Let, rather than keep talking about it, we're going to move on as well to a pretty good game here to Indianapolis, where Leonard Fournette carried 17 times for 100 yards and three scores, and caught Tom Brady's only touchdown pass of the game, a career high four touchdowns. Ronald Jones the second gave the Bucks their first lead, 28-24, on a one-yard touchdown run late in the third quarter. And Rob Gronkowski caught seven passes for a season-best 123 yards. The difference Sunday was turnovers. Indianapolis had five, and Brady made them pay every time except for the interception on the game's final play. And somehow, despite all the errors, the Colts still had a chance to force overtime when Isaiah Rogers returned the final kickoff 71 yards to the Bucks' 32-yard line with 20 seconds left. But Carson Wentz's first pass fell incomplete, and the second was picked off near the goal line. The Colts did most of their scoring in the second quarter. Catches from Ashton Doolin, Jack Doyle and T.Y. Hilton. Jonathan Taylor got a rushing touchdown but failed to get over 100 yards for a change. The final score was the Bucks 38, Colts 31. This game was so close. I know there's a score mm. in it, but it was so close. Guess how? Guess what the difference was in terms of possession? Well, Two seconds. <laughs> That's not even a joke. Two seconds Toys. difference in time of possession. Mm. Um Everything was close in this game. I, th- I think the difference was that the the Bucks really have playmakers. Um, they they went for a little wobble when um, White came off the field with an injury. He went back in. Um, Devin White really helped shore up the middle and stop the run um, that the Colts had. Jonathan Taylor only I say only uh, eighty three yards and one touchdown. And you know he was really held for the first two or three quarters. Only when White came out that they started getting a little bit more. I was really worried mm-hmm. in fantasy this week because Jonathan Taylor wasn't doing it. So <laughs> right, he got the Texans next week, so I win by a million points. But <laughs> it was it was consistent where both teams were getting good chunk plays and converting third downs mm-hmm. and converting crucial second downs. Um, this was quite possibly the game of the week. I've watched it twice got going back. Oh. Um, and if Carson Wentz was a little less carefree and gun happy, um, the Colts could have come away with a victory. I, I'm starting to be convinced more and more watching the Colts. In the Colts are winning in spite of their quarterback, not because of him. That mm. defense looks better and better every time. The receiving core's good. Um, running back, best in the league at the moment. Um, Carson Wentz just needs to not lose in games. I'm not saying he lost this game. But it's as you said, turnovers killed them because every time they were made to pay, they weren't turning over the ball, the Colts would have probably won the game. Yep, absolutely. So let's head down to Miami, 
Rookie receiver Jalen Waddle had nine catches for a season-best 137 yards in the touchdown, and the Dolphins feasted off five sacks and three interceptions on the way to beating the Carolina Panthers. Miles Gaskin had two short rushing scores for Miami, which became the sixth team in NFL history to immediately follow a 1-7 start with four consecutive wins. Duke Riley blocked a punt that led to a Justin Coleman score for Miami as well. The quarterback matchup was totally one-sided. Tunga Vailoa completed 27 of 31 passes for 230 yards in the score. Cam Newton was pulled in the fourth quarter after completing just five of 21 passes for the Panthers. Newton finished with 92 yards passing, no touchdowns and two interceptions. All added up to a QB rating of 5.8, by far the worst of his career. He did have Carolina's lone touchdown, a one-yard spin in the first quarter. Another rookie, Jalen Phillips, had three of the Dolphins' five sacks. And Nick Needham, Xavier Howard and Javon Holland had interceptions for Miami. To add to the pain for the Carolina Panthers, Christian McCaffrey is done for the season after rolling his ankle. The final score was the Panthers 10, Dolphins 33. Yeah, 5 of 21, completing five passes when with 21 attempts. That's not good. And we, the thing is, we should have saw this come in, you know, walking into an organisation, even when you've got a history to them and not knowing the playbook depth-wise, it's always going to be difficult. Mm. Um, biggest surprise for me in this game, though, um, so I was watching it and I saw on the sidelines someone who I didn't know played for the Dolphins. And I sort of looked and went, wait, what? Why is Philip Lindsay standing there in a Dolphins uniform? <laughs> Your boy. It blew my mind. Yeah, blew my mind. I'm like, what? Wait, what? what? And then I did a little, yeah, look, picked him up on waivers. I was like, that is astonishing how, number one, it doesn't, it, it doesn't surprise me what the Texans do, but what, you've got no run game. You're last in run game. You're, you're getting rid of Philip Lindsay. You must be insane. Um, but again, great signing for the Dolphins because the one thing we've said for a long time is their running game really needs some help. Um, between Gaskin and Lindsay, now given a decent two get uh, one-two punch, two touchdowns between them, both for Gaskin, but over 100 yards between them as well. So yeah, well done for uh, Dolphins picking up um, Lindsay on that and really giving him some firepower on offense. And uh, yeah, it is true that Jalen Waddle does play for the Dolphins. He's finally turned up. Got to give him some time. You know, they did play together at Alabama, but you still give him time. I mean, Tungvalu yes, wasn't playing everyone... this season as well. But when everyone else around you is doing well, all of a lot of the other receivers makes who have been picked worse, are succeeding, makes you look a lot worse. But no, he had a good game. Got to give him time. Got to give him time. I think he looks quality. So, uh, yeah. No, I agree. I think I think he's uber talented. Um, that my problem is going to be when he goes and gets that second big contract elsewhere, and he sort of gets the twenty nine, and he's not there <laughs> anymore, elsewhere. But... Anyway, receivers tend not to stay in one place. I mean, apart from Larry Fitzgerald, most most ask Calvin Johnson about that. <laughs> yeah, he retired at twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to take another contract with the Lions. Let's move on. Let's move on. Uh, rookie Mac Jones threw two touchdown passes. New England's defense forced four turnovers, and the Patriots earned their sixth straight win, rolling past an undermanned Tennessee Titans. Jones completed twenty three of thirty two passes for three hundred and ten yards. Kendrick Bourne had both of the Patriots' touchdown receptions, finishing with five catches for 61 yards, and Nick Folk had five field goals to ease the Patriots away. The Titans stayed close early, but couldn't survive a bevy of errors that included three fumbles by their running backs and an interception by Ryan Tannehill. He finished 11 of 21 for 93 yards and a touchdown to Nick Westbrook and Keane. Both teams are now 8-4, and four, but guess who has the tiebreaker? Final score in Foxborough was the Titans' 13 Patriots 26. I think what, what we see is when the Titans come towards the end of a the season, they're dominated by the run game and they had two players rush for over 100 yards and a quarterback throw for 93 yards. The problem is they don't have 
the, the bell cow running back Derek mm-hmm. Henry anymore. Instead, they've got Dontro Hillard and Dante Foreman, who with the greatest they, they did okay. They, they did, did okay. okay. Both got over 100 yards, good averages on them as well. But it's almost like New England, it was kind of like when you play cricket and you just, okay, we're not going to save the single, we're just going to set the boundary, let them have short runs, put them in field goal range, and then. And that's exactly what they did. The, the mm. Patriots outman them. Mac Jones is looking very good. The more I see him, it's just about his composure in the pocket, running through progressions really nicely. You can see him one, two, three, going back to number two, go even going back to number one at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doing really, really well. Yeah, Mac Jones, for me, is the offensive rookie of the season at the moment because he has been Ooh. that good. He has really okay. been that good. I think when you actually sit down and watch some of the Patriots games and some of the plays that he's making, um, not always spectacular, but clinically brilliant. Mm. Um, obviously been helped out. I mean, it goes without saying, <laughs> he's, you know, he's got a good squad around him. You'd rather be there than in playing for the Jets, for example. And if it had been the other way around, Wilson probably would be in a similar position. But Matt Jones right now, for me, is looking superb. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so next game. On a day when the team retired the jersey of Michael Strahan, the New York Giants defense appropriately made life miserable for the Philadelphia Eagles. The defense intercepted Jalen Hurts three times, forced four turnovers overall, and held Philadelphia to a season low in points. Daniel Jones hit Philadelphia native Chris Myrick with a one-yard score, and Graham Gano kicked field goals of 35 and 39 yards as the Giants ended the Eagles' two-game winning streak. The Eagles were their own worst enemy. In addition to Hurts' miscues, running back Boston Scott lost a fumble that Julian Love recovered at the New York 40 with 134 to play. Jalen Rager also had two touchdown passes fall incomplete. Jones did suffer a neck strain and will not play this weekend. I think that's going to be Mike Glennon suiting up for the Giants, so just be aware of that one. The yeah. final score at MetLife was the Eagles 7, Giants 13. This was pants, this game. This is this is the issue I have with Jalen Hurts. Sometimes when, you know, when things don't <laughs> go his way, and mm. it's... It, I don't want every episode, uh, every review we do of the Eagles to turn into me slagging off Jalen Hurts. I'd rather you do that either. Because yeah, win, lose or draw, it's a bitch fest. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not intended to be. It's not me hating on him. I, I'm not seeing anything special. And it's, it's performances like these which make me worry even more. I mean, completed 14 passes for less than 130 yards and three interceptions, no touchdowns. I mean, that's against the Giants. Giants are not a good team. Um, I don't want to go too much on this game because it was pants, but the Giants have now won four, which is double the amount you said they would, Jim. Oh, well done. Well done. Just saying. Well done, Giants. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I can't game. remember how many Giants have won in previous seasons, but this has got to be the best for a couple of years, hasn't it? I mean, yeah, they usually pick I mean, in top five, right? So, Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they are now. Almost. They've got two Actually, picks, no, they've got two the picks in the top ten. Yeah. I mean, then you pipe and smoke it. Thanks, Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next game, Corridor Patterson ran for a career-high 108 yards and two touchdowns in his return from an ankle injury, and the Falcons found the end zone and the win column for the first time in three weeks over the Jaguars. It was the most rushing yards in the game for the Falcons since October last year. Trevor Lawrence threw an interception on Jacksonville's second series. James Robinson fumbled on the team's next drive. They did eventually get a touchdown pass to Tavon Austin, but that was after Matt Ryan had got a touchdown pass to Russell Gage. The final score in Duval was the Falcons 21, Jaguars 14. Do you remember what I said last week, Jim? Uh, you said about a lot of things last week, Dave. <laughs> yeah, do you remember specifically about this game in our predictions last week? Uh, it wasn't going to be close. No, 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 no. What I said is, uh, if you're watching Red Zone, and yeah, you're oh, running behind through, it, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I did. So that's <laughs> what we're going to do now. Um, I have no love for the Falcons this season. I think they're absolutely mm. rubbish. I think the Jags are onto something, but they've got massive holes in their team. And this game didn't inspire me. It, it was kind yeah. of as I expected. It was one score in it. Um, not a huge amount of quality. Uh, yeah, is what it is. And if you take out Cordell Patterson, then Falcons are in real trouble. He, I, as we've seen. I won money on this, though. I bet that Cordero Patterson will get um, uh, at least one score. No, at least two scores. And uh, he did that pretty early in the game, so I was more than happy with that. I think it was only about seven to one, but yeah, top, top the account. Because <laughs> it's taken a, batter, taken a battering recently, I can tell you. Yeah, I had, I had a small bet that um, both Cam Newton and Jalen Hurts would run in the touchdown. Cam Newton did it in the first quarter and then got benched. Jalen Hurts didn't get it done for me, so I should be the one annoyed at Jalen Hurts, not you. Uh, I'm the next... one annoyed at the Steelers because you ruined all of my picks. Well, you shouldn't have bet on them. Uh, so, next game, Zach Wilson threw for 145 yards and ran for a touchdown in his return from a sprained right knee, helping the Jets snap a three-game skid. After four games out with injury, there was a bit of rust, but the Jets converted two fourth-down attempts on the drive that ended with a 37-yard field goal by Matt Amendola that made it 21-14 with about three and a half minutes to go. The Texans hoped to build on an upset of Tennessee last week that ended an eight-game skid and looked good early. Tyra Taylor threw two touchdown passes in the second quarter to Brevin Jordan and Brandon Cooks to give Houston a 14-3 lead, but the Texans couldn't do anything offensively after that. Austin Walter got a rushing touchdown for the Jets, with rookie Michael Carter out injured. The final score in Houston was the Jets 21, Texans 14. It's nice to see the Jets win a game. It was. Uh, but again, they were rubbish. Um, this was two bad teams um, yeah. squaring off. I mean, they've got five wins between them, one fewer, uh, one more than combined with the Giants, who you said were rubbish. So that says a lot about these they two are. teams. But it, it was nice. It's nice to see the nice to see Wilson come back. Nice to see the Jets get a win. Um, that's kind of all I've got to say. Really, there's not a lot you can say about this game, and it maintain and be interesting. We're not award-winning for nothing. We're going to have to skip this one, I'm afraid. <laughs> we'll keep going. We'll keep going. So to Denver. And Pat Satan picked yeah, off Justin yeah, Herbert yeah. twice, returning the second one 70 yards for a touchdown and sparking the Denver Broncos' 28-13 win over the division rival Chargers. Denver up by seven at the half, thanks to rushing touchdowns for both Teddy Bridgewater and Javante Williams. Austin Eckler had a receiving touchdown for LA. The Chargers' first two drives on the second half consisted of two dozen plays and they up 14 minutes, 15 seconds. Both were fruitless. Bridgewater found Eric Sober for an offensive touchdown in the fourth. Jared Cook had a constellation touchdown in the Chargers' final drive. The final score, though, was the Chargers 13, Broncos 28. Yeah. Do you know how this game was won? It was won on the ground, purely won on the ground. Um, the Broncos just ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball. Melvin Gordon had 17 carries. Javante Williams had 14 carries. Yeah. That tells you everything you need to know. Teddy Bridgewater completed 11 passes in this game. Drew Lock, Drew Lock four, one of which was an inception. Tells you everything you need to know. Um, but all well, it was was run the that. ball. No, no, no. I, I'm more than happy to mention that. So, the, <laughs> guess where the Chargers? Guess where the Chargers rank in protecting the run, defending the run on the ground? Guess where they rank in the oh, NFL? top top thirty? No, no, <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, thirty second. Oh, they are averaging 143 yards against them on the run. That's that's the worst by over ten yards. That's ten yards more than the Texans. Wow, they are pants are protecting the run and all the Broncos did if in doubt run the ball run the ball yeah. run the ball there was one point I think the Broncos had a third and nine 
and we handed it off with a pitch toss and I was like what are you doing there was three men on that side we against three other teams first, yeah we gained a first down and then another nine yards I'm like what? <laughs> and as soon as as soon as that happened I'm like we're gonna win this game there's no doubt about it we're gonna win this game um in terms of the Drew Lock interception though what an interception by Derwin James I mean it's yeah. nice to see him fit nice diving catch, I mean yeah. If most receivers catch that, it would have been superb. Um, but yeah, Chargers doing what the Chargers do. You know, they're good one week, absolutely atrocious the next week. Pat Satan, though, and this is interesting. In terms of ball carriers this week, the NFL do this thing on NFL.com, um, not an advertisement, um, <laughs> where they they do a video of the fastest ball carriers. I think um, Pollard was in there with his kick return. There was another kick return that happened also. I can't remember one of them. Pat Satan was the fastest. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, over 22 miles an hour, I think, was, they clocked yeah, him. he was the only player to, this week to go over 22 miles an hour anywhere. And he was the fastest ball carrier, the only one to go over 22. I didn't know he was that, that quick. Genuinely didn't know he was that quick. Yeah, he ran track um, at Bama, didn't he? Did he? Yeah. Oh, did not know that. Did mm. not know that. Um, but yeah, he was all over. He was he was the difference in this game. They stuck him on um, Keenan Allen, stuck him on Mike Williams, and both of them were just completely marked out of the game. Um if it was a redraft now, he would not be there when the Broncos come to pick. So, yeah, that's that's the ultimate sign of value. I mean, I did have him down as my DROY. Mm. Yeah, no, you were right. You were right. I, I said, and I still maintain this for most players, I think a rookie coming in, cornerback is the most difficult position to adapt to the NFL for after a quarterback. I think mm-hmm. the corner is the most difficult because you see players like you know, Jeffrey Akuda at the Lions. Oh, um, yeah. Akuda's really struggled. He is superb. I, I really like Akuda. He's just struggling a little bit in the NFL. Um, he'll get it right eventually. There's no doubt about that. But when you get a player like Lattimore, who came in uh, a couple of years ago, and mm-hmm. went like Satan, who are this good earlier on, it makes you think, you know, wow. He looks that good at the moment, and he's really come to the frame in recent weeks. Yep, absolutely. So let's move on. We've got a few more games to go. We're into the Sunday evening slot. Aaron Rodgers threw touchdown passes to Randall Cobb and AJ Dillon, and also ran for a score in the Green Bay Packers' victory over the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Not bad for someone who hasn't practiced all week. The Rams dropped their third straight game and continually made mistakes to create scoring opportunities for Green Bay, which scored 16 points off three LA turnovers. We saw Douglas's pick six of Matt Stafford was Stafford's third in three games. Wasn't all bad, though. Stafford got touchdown passes to Van Jefferson, Darrell Henderson and OBJ, but it weren't enough to get the Rams a win in November. The final score was the Rams 28, Packers 36. I don't understand the Rams. They've got all the quality <laughs> in the world. Yes. And yet, they just can't seem to put it together. They just... I don't, I don't know what it say is. Quoi? It's almost... It's since they've got... And this isn't... I hate this argument, but since OBJ's come in, they're just not clicking. And it's not, I, I don't <laughs> I don't subscribe to that. That's not me saying it's because of OBJ. I don't well, subscribe to that. Uh-huh. Because Von, Von Miller came in exactly at the same time. It's just, they're, they're just struggling at the moment. Is he there? Well, I, haven't seen, I haven't heard anything of him. The only reason I know his number there is because I happen to know he's wearing number 40. But um, he's on the field. Is he on the um, field? Okay. Yeah. There's a couple of times he's been rushing from the right. He swapped with Leonard Floyd, which is a bit weird. Seeing mm. Von Miller come in from the right doesn't feel a bit, doesn't feel right, but you know, is what it is. Um, no, I, I, I can't figure the Rams out because they're getting beaten. The, the Packers are a very good team. I've been nothing against them whatsoever. Um, 
but going into the third quarter, it was, it was 36-17 going into the fourth quarter. Yep. So, you know, there's garbage time points there. I mean, Matt Stafford is it's a second. Wrap. Yeah, I mean, Matt Stafford is second in the all-time rankings of MVP, MVP garbage time. Um, but most <laughs> of that is because he was at the Lions for so long. Um, yeah. Dak Prescott's obviously the king of garbage time. Um, but the Rams are just underwhelming at the moment. They need to get the form back going because there's too many individual errors that we're seeing. Not helped by the lack of run game as well. They've got a slight cushion in the conference, but in the division, they have no chill there. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cardinals are they'll, still on They'll make the playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. They're only three Four games ahead. On a roll now. Yeah, they're only three games ahead of a losing record, so seven and four at the moment. Um, but they've got enough in the locker to be able to to come out the other side and be a playoff team. The only problem is they're probably, and this is this is the bad thing, they're probably going to be playing away games in the playoffs. Mm. They're not going to be playing home games. Um, and going away... Viking Green Bay. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. I didn't want to make it, but I mean, if you're playing Green Bay in the, in the playoffs, you want to be at home. You want to be at home, and that's that's going to be what could eventually kill the Rams, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, the last game on the Sunday evening slate was the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers. So after getting back to a successful formula of dominating on the ground, the Niners have now won three straight games and again look like a contender in the NFC. Debo Samuel ran for two touchdowns before leaving with an injury and Elijah Mitchell rushed for 133 yards in the score, leading the 49ers to victory over the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday evening. This was a game with six scores in the third quarter alone, including a 99-yard kickoff return score by Minnesota's Kene Nguangru. This is second of the season. Kirk Cousins threw for 238 yards and two touchdowns to Adam Thielen for the Vikings, but he also had an interception that set up a short San Francisco scoring drive in the third quarter and couldn't connect with Justin Jefferson on the fourth down from the three after burning a timeout when he lined up under guard instead of centre. Alex Madison got a rushing touchdown before the Niners drove down into field goal range, but Robbie Gould missed a 42-yard field goal attempt with 156 left to keep the game alive. Minnesota got to the San Francisco 38 before turning it over on downs when Cousins missed Jefferson again on fourth and eight. With no score in the fourth quarter, it ended the Vikings 26, 49ers 34. Debo Samuel is a bad man. He is <laughs> he's so... Oh, he's so good. Also injured um, now. Maybe missing two weeks, I reckon. Yeah. Ooh, it's a big miss. Um, a big his ability to get yards after contact. Well, it's yards after the catch and yards after contact are outrageous. Yeah. Um, there was an end, end around where he got about 16 yards when he had absolutely no right to. He had mm. six men hanging off him. And he was just powering through. It was ridiculous. Um, again, Vikings shooting themselves in the foot, had opportunities in the fourth quarter and failed to score. Um it, I was thinking when I was watching the game, I was thinking back to what you said about um, is Garoppolo any better than Bridgewater? Because I said I'd quite quite happily take Garoppolo over Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. And I was watching him and I liked the way that, you know, he moves and he plays and sort of drags safeties with his eyes. He does loads of little things that yeah. um, I'm sure I'm not intelligent enough to appreciate in, in its full, but um, he looks absolutely superb. On the other side of that, I don't see the same thing from Kirk Cousins. Every time okay. I see Cousins, he seems to get worse in terms of just his ability to control the narrative and control the game. It might be because they were behind because they, you know, in the second quarter, second half especially, I mean, first half going in, I, thought, I think at halftime it was 14 all or something. It was, yeah. Or something like that. 14. Um, but third and fourth quarter, he just completely regressed. Um, and again, it's the Vikings continuing not to show up when needed. Um 
I think in the easy games, when there's teams who don't provide an enormous amount of resistance, they, they can run away with it. They can bully teams, but there's just that lack of quality that takes them takes them to that next step that the Vikings don't have. And I like the Vikings. I, you know, I wish them well. It's just they don't have that next step. Yeah, I like them too. They're just a complete cipher. You have no idea what they're going to do one week to the next. They, oh, can, yeah. I can, they can beat can one of the best teams say. in the division. They can then lose to... Yeah, Texans. They they can do anything at any time. There is there is no stopping them from pulling out any sort of result. They can win yeah. and they can lose against anyone. I could genuinely say at On no point in this weeks. season have they ever been even close to being in one of my accumulators. Not even remotely close to being in it. Because you you're you're hundred percent right, Jim. I don't I don't agree with you very often. They you don't know what they're going to be from one week to the next. And that has to be a coaching issue. I mean, I, I slag off Mike Zimmer weekly and I really, really, yes, really you do. put a lot of this down to Mike Zimmer. I think he is the one of the worst coaches in the NFL. He's utter, utter dross. Uh, bad news for the Vikings is that Dalvin Cook's probably out for one or two weeks based oh. on his injury that he suffered. So another time with Dalvin Cook not on the, not on the field. But they have got Alex Matson, who is fairly close he's about 80 percent of of dalvin cook i reckon he's not he's not 75 then all right no he's not because he doesn't he doesn't break the tackles like uh he, he i think he'll fight i can see him, yard, him, can see him do no, that do you know, i've seen him do it yeah but then it's moving from an a lane to a b lane and, and getting 80 yard chunks but he's not I, dalvin cook i just said that just said no he's, i know but he's, he's not 80 of dalvin cook either he's, he's, he's basically He's a fast Mike Boone. That's what he is. <laughs> and I and I like Mike Boone. You do like Mike Boone. <laughs> but he's a fast Mike Boone. That's all he is. All right, all right. Two games left. Two games left. We're going to do Sunday night game then. That was an AFC North matchup. On a night when he threw a career-high four interceptions, Lamar Jackson still produced one more highlight scramble touchdown throw to do enough against the Browns. Lamar found Mark Andrews in the end zone for a 13-yard touchdown catch. That made it 13-3, to and it was too much for Cleveland to do anything about. Nick Chubb managed only 16 yards on eight carries, and Kareem Hunt had only 20 yards on seven attempts. Baker Mayfield threw a 20-yard touchdown pass to David Njoku late in the third quarter, but Cleveland didn't score again. The Ravens took over with 6.28 remaining in the game and nearly ran out the rest of the clock. A holding call on guard Ben Powers helped stall that drive, and Justin Tucker's 49-yard field goal pushed the lead to six with 1.10 left to play. And it was mercifully everything done. The final score in Maryland was the Browns 10, Ravens 16. Remember after week one, and I said Lamar Jackson's really got to prove that he can be uh, just your bog standard authentic quarterback who can throw the ball. Yeah. Um, and then the following week, he went and talked to uh, the, the Chiefs. <laughs> and I failed to mention that again purposely. Um, <laughs> yeah, that second you thought quarter, case closed. Well, um, I just thought nah, I don't want to bring that up again because last time he did, he did talk to me. this week Tempting again it was return of the gremlins all four of his interceptions every single one of them were to Mark Andrews now if that's not forcing the ball to your best receiver I don't know what it is because there's one point I think it was the second interception which was still at the end of the, the second quarter Yeah. Um, I think Mark Andrews, who I love, he's one of my favourite players, was in like triple coverage. It wasn't even triple. He had like six men on him. It looked like it was a lineup in front of the police. It was like an identity parade. He had so many men next to him. And you're still <laughs> trying to force the ball. I didn't understand a lot of what was happening in this game. I'm not going to lie. I didn't I didn't see all of it. I was kind of in and out. My, my son wasn't um, sleeping all that well, so I was kind of up and downstairs. So I wasn't watching it with any depth. But all I kept seeing was massive mistakes. Um, the thing that stood out for the Browns was the fact that um, 
you know, they did they didn't really have a run game. Um, Nick Chubb had eight attempts and was averaging two yards. Um, do the math, that's only 16. Um, Kareem Hunt wasn't leading the line it's much better. Through, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but there was, there was nothing on the ground. I mean, the Ravens dominated several parts of this game, but weren't really able to get anything. So th- this wasn't a 16-10 win. This should have been a 36-10 win. That's what this game was. There was four interceptions and the Browns got three points off those four interceptions and they were in half decent field position. They weren't red zone interceptions. Oh, sorry. Two of them were red zone interceptions. You know, they weren't intercepted in the end zone and things like that. It was still decent yard, you know, yardage was given. But, and everyone's saying Mayfield's injured, he shouldn't be playing, blah, blah, blah. Then don't play him. He is Case Keenum with a better arm. That's all he is. You're not losing much by playing Case Keenum. Instead, just take him off. And this is the Browns being the Browns. If I, if you'd have said to most Browns supporters after after twelve games, you will be six and six, they would have absolutely, they would have spat at you and said, "There's no way this team is six and six. That's where they are right now." Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they look like a team who are their own worst enemy. This was not a close game, and if the Ravens had not been as gun ho in certain situations and playing stupid plays and trying to prove that they they didn't need to run it every five minutes, just do what you do best, control the line of scrimmage, which they did, and the Ravens would have doubled the amount of points they scored. But then they had to; they should have stuck to just running the ball all the time because they can't throw the ball like that. That's not yeah. the way they're designed. That's not yeah. how they're built. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not impressed by either of these teams, Dave. I'm sorry. No, I know I the Ravens keep winning because it's, they're grinding out wins. Okay, fine. But, but there's a lot to do in that. There is, there is, but I can't yeah. see them going far in the postseason, is what I'm saying. Oh, I agree, 100%. I agree. And also, the Browns are completely falling apart in front of our eyes. I mean, Jack Coughlin on the O-line to scout for the year. So the guy yeah, they brought in, a lot of money to bring him across. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a miss. So they've been beefing up that O-line. But we're not, we're mm-hmm. just seeing a complete failure of the team now. They're not, they can't move the ball on offense and they're failing mm-hmm. to stop the drives on defense. So what, what are you going to do? I mean, I think this team is going to finish bottom of the division. As bad as I think the Steelers have been in the last few weeks, I think, I think we'll still finish above them. We've got when, when the Browns when the Browns run the ball and run the ball effectively, they're a different proposition. But Nick Chubb obviously wasn't fit. He, he genuinely was not fit. You could see he wasn't fit. Kareem Hunt, I don't understand. There's a couple of points. There's a couple of runs, and I say I wasn't watching this game with any depth. So you're watching the odd play here and there as I was up and downstairs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. There's one point where he went to hit the A gap. Um, and then a big hole appeared just next to him. And all he had to do, the Kareem Hunt we knew from yesteryear would have immediately switched, sidestepped through the through the gap that opened up, didn't. Instead got taken down by a safety who was rushing forward. Mm-hmm. Or middle linebacker was running forward, rather. And you're kind of thinking, wait, what? What? Wait. Ooh, okay. <laughs> it was just, it, the, the run never got going. You're kind of thinking... No. Did I just see what I just thought I saw? Um, it was just—it was very bizarre. It was a weird game. Um, but you're right. The, the Browns don't look like the team they should be. If the Browns don't get over 100 yards rushing out of Nick Chubb and or Kareem Hunt, yeah. they're done. There isn't. They yeah, have no way of winning a game, and we're I seeing that. If you're playing the Browns, you're almost better instead of playing a four-three or three-four, play a four-four. That's the that's your best thing to do. Take a man out of the backfield, stick it in the run, yeah. in one way or another. Whether whether you do a ghost hide or whether you do a rush man, uh, turn turn a mic into a sc- into um, a screen block or whatever you want to do, stick that extra man on the line, stuff the run, and you've got a really really good chance of beating the Browns. 
absolutely. So that was Sunday night done. On to Monday night's game, where a last gasp Kendall Fuller interception on Seattle's two-point conversion attempt allowed Washington to hold on to beat the Seahawks for the team's third consecutive victory. After Taylor Heineke's fourth down pass to Logan Thomas at the goal line was ruled incomplete on video review, which seemed harsh, Russell Wilson led the Seahawks on a 10-play, 96-yard touchdown drive in just over two minutes. He connected with Freddie Swain on a 32-yard touchdown pass with 15 seconds left, but his two-point throw to Swain was picked off by Fuller, preventing Wilson from leading a memorable comeback on his 33rd birthday. Wilson was 20 of 31 for 247 yards and two touchdown passes, but he missed several throws and lost three consecutive games for the first time as a Seahawks starting quarterback. J.D. McKissick caught a touchdown pass for the t- from Heineke, ran for another and accounted for 56 yards from scrimmage against the team he broke into the NFL with before being cast off with an undisclosed injury late in the game. Washington won at home on Monday night for the third time in 20 tries since FedEx Field opened in 1997. The final score was the Seahawks 15, Washington 17. This game was trash. I actually did stay up and watch this one. It was. It was bad. Oh, the end was amazing. (sighs) Yeah, but for the rest of it, it was rubbish. I mean... (laughs) Well, fast forward to the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, 100%. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah the timeouts the amount of timeouts in the fourth quarter that gets me in the NBA anyway Pete Carroll <laughs> yeah. came out had the unmitigated goal to come out at the end and say Russell Wilson needs to be better we all do <laughs> no 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 no. I'm sorry Pete you need to wind your neck in sound Russell Retire, Wilson Pete. 200 and almost 250 yards two touchdowns protected the ball well no interceptions 20 of 30 that's fine there's nothing wrong with that yeah, yeah. That's, that's okay. Away, away at Washington, other coast, you travel in the full length of the country. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Russell Wilson was also top in rushing for the Seahawks because they have no rushing game. Why do they have no rushing game? Because they have a half. They have no one on their offensive line that's any good at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Lockett got nearly, you know, nearly a hundred yards, but that was on three big chunk plays. Yep. Did my fantasy a world of good, so I'm not too, not too, you know, bad with that. But there was nothing else. That that Seattle team is skinny. Now, how much of that is because of the massive contracts that they've had to give? Um, Tyler Lockett's on decent money. Obviously, there's there's big money with Bobby Wagner and um, Russell Wilson, Jamal Adams. So you've got sort of. I'd love to know how. I haven't done done the maths on it. Normally, you'd expect me to. But (laughs) how many? How many of like the big five or six guys are taking up the biggest percentage of of you know that team? Because you look and there's there's not a lot of sort of you know their second you know the secondary players when you look at a team a good team you look at and I don't mean secondaries in the position group I mean that second tier of players they've got you look and you go he's good he's good he's really good oh I love him you know you can reel off 12 12, 15 names straight off none none in Seattle I don't want any of their players (laughs) and this is coming from a Broncos fan Quandre Diggs is okay but I don't want anyone else Geordie Brooks no thanks I, I mean, you've got Nick Ballore who went, came on and played defense. He played linebacker at one point. He's a fullback. No, I like Nick Ballore, but I don't want him. No. And that's the problem I've got with Seattle. They're, they're, they're too top heavy in their stars and they've got zero run game. And it, I don't know what they are. They're just a bad team who just are unfortunately now in the best division in football. And they are, they're in danger of becoming, I don't want to say the Lions, but, you know, for so long, that NFC North was, you know, it was one of the best divisions and the Lions were always the team who was sat at the bottom of it and Seattle are in danger of becoming that. 
Um, they're just not good enough all over the field. Washington, it was nice to see them win. Tyler Hinnick is getting better constantly. Um, Antonio Gibson, what a performance. I mean, there's so many times he took a hit and then carried on for another five, six, seven yards. And Terry McLaurin, they've got a star. So, yeah, well, well done to uh, Washington. They got, got a good win there. But the Seahawks, yeah, worrying. Yeah, I mean, they've actually got the three wins was what I printed them at for this part of the season anyway. Um, I had them finishing on five, beating the 49ers this weekend. I have changed that. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, There's one other standout play that that happened just before halftime, Dave. The Washington kicker, Joey Sly, was injured. Um, He injured the hamstring on an extra point attempt as Rasheem Green blocked, recovered, and returned the play for two points. Since the NFL allowed the defense to return a PAT for points in 2015, Green became the first player ever to block, recover, and score on the same play according to Sports Radar. So I just thought I'd mention that one because that's obviously a, a big play. Uh, nice to see yeah. a guy again and do do something uh, for the first time. What was what was brilliant is um, lots of Seattle fans on Twitter going, yes, yes, we're back in the game. No, no, you got you got two points for it. Yeah, that's all seven. you get. You get, <laughs> you get two points, not seven. Because um, I only know that because a couple of years ago, uh, Akib Talib did exactly the same thing for the Broncos, intercepted a two-pointer, ran it back, and I was like, yes, we're back in the game. And yeah, uh, yeah not, not so much. Um, <laughs> one, I think what was... One one thing on this game, there was uh, the touchdown. I think it was JD, uh, not JD McKissick. It was the uh, touchdown for Seattle. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who it was. I think it was Freddie Everett, uh, Gerald Everett. Um, when he scored the touchdown, he goes into the end zone, goes to jump up into the crowd, and there's a Washington fan who pushes him like full on two-handed push out of the crowd again to celebrate yeah. and the guys with the guy's reactions phenomenal he should be an offensive guard i don't care as soon as he came in no pushed him away it, yeah no that really made me laugh i saw well, it must have been pretty swing watched it two or three times i think it was i think i think it was, was only touched Danny sure it was. So, freddie swain no no i think gerald everett scored a touchdown as well i'm sure he did I've got a WhatsApp you, Jim. I'll say I'll send you a picture of it because I took a print screen. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sorry. That doesn't yeah, help yeah. with anyone listening, but yeah. I'll send, <laughs> Damn I'll send you a picture. Somebody so you couldn't do a Lambo leap. <laughs> <Washington>. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh it was Everett, number eighty one. Yeah, it was. Uh, I took okay, a picture Jared. of my screen. Okay. Got it, got so, it. Yeah. And the guy right. immediately pushed him back. It was so funny. <laughs> well, I've got to be careful. So let's move on then to look at how that all shook out for us in the picks. So we're on to week 12 wrong-uns. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Dave, Dave. I mean, um, would it be easier to say which ones we got right instead? Because <laughs> it really was a it's going to take a while to get through all this. Um, but let's start off. So this week, uh, sorry, last week we had Jake, who's a Chiefs fan, uh, go up in the picks for the people. So thank you very much, Jake, for doing that. Um, you came up t- trumps on the uh, the Raiders game. We all picked the Cowboys apart from Jake, who picked the, Cow- uh, picked the Raiders to win that. So well done there. Um, missed out, although he picked the Saints to beat the Bills, so that all evened up for the, the four of us. Um, on the Sunday, so I picked the Steelers uh, to win. You guys will pick the Bengals. Um, Punk and I picked the Colts to beat the Bucks. Uh, I picked the Dolphins to beat the Panthers, so I was on an island there that won. Um, Dave, you and I picked the Titans to beat the Patriots, so that didn't work out. We all picked the Eagles to beat the Giants. So that was a, an L for all of us. Uh, I, I threw one out there for the Jags to beat the Falcons. So lost out there. Broncos Chargers. Jake was the only person that picked the Broncos. So there's an L for yeah. the three of us. 
Dave, you and I'll I picked the Rams. Well, okay. Dave, you and I picked the Rams to beat the Packers, so that didn't work out. Well done there, Punk and Jake. Um, Punk picked the 14. Sorry. Yeah, Punk picked the 49ers to beat the Vikings. So that was uh, Punk's uh, nice little line in there. The Browns loss there was bad for Jake. The three of us picked the Ravens. And Dave, you and I picked Washington to beat the Seahawks. So Punk and Jake had a game back on that one. What that all means, ladies and germs, is that Punk had the best week with a nine and six. Nine and six. Ooh. Jake got eight and seven. Dave, you got seven and eight. Yeah, and I got six and nine. So, uh, yeah, that's absolutely appalling. So it means that Dave, you are leading with 110 points. The people Mm. are a clear second of 108. Punk is on 107, and Jim is on 104. So that's the that's the table. We're running the Pod versus the People contest with PlayActionPools.com, the newest and already best office sports pool hosting platform. We're able to enter our picks each week, tracking the ups and downs, a lot of downs and further downs that some of us are experiencing <laughs> during this competition. If you want to use play action pools, then don't forget to use our discount code, which is TFD for 10% off and get on it and help this company move forwards. They also now have a build your bankroll feature, which operates essentially as a virtual sports book that allows you to choose the games you want to pick and determine how many points you're willing to risk on each game. We dig them. So make sure you check them out at playactionpools.com. That's playactionpools.com. Thank you very much, guys. So we're moving on to week 13. Week 13, only yeah. 14, uh, games this week um, Dave. We've got I know I had that you know I had that realization the other day someone said oh it's nearly Christmas we're going into um going into December and I said uh, when someone says to me it's almost Christmas I just think football's nearly over um, <laughs> yeah. that that was literally my first thought and I looked and I said oh god we're on week 13 there's any yeah oh, it, it really, at least we've got really an extra can. extra regular season week this uh this year so yeah hold on to those things we need yep. a new challenger in the pod versus the people and we have that new challenger Dave and it's our very own Philly Sai. I mean, I really want to win this one now. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've submitted my picks already on playactionpools.com. Yeah. So yeah. as I go through, I'm going to review what I've already done. I might make one or two changes, but I'll give my pick first. <laughs> just so I'm not cheating. All right. um, but yeah, now now I do want to win this one. Because uh, yeah, Sai beats me on an awful lot of stuff that we do together. The busiest man in the world was able to give me the picks for this week. So thank you very much, Philly. For doing that, let's start with a Thursday night game. That is the Dallas Cowboys at the New Orleans Saints. Oh, the games that took a the, loss. Yeah, the hottest and coldest of, of possible matchups. Both teams. <laughs> is this a good week uh, for the Cowboys? Is this a good week for the Saints? Like, it could be fourteen in either direction. It could be ridiculous. I'm going to edge my bets and go with the Cowboys mainly because I think they've just got more talent. As I say, the Saints don't really have a quarterback. No, uh, I'd go for the Cowboys, and I'd say they're probably going to win it by more than a score. We've all gone for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. We have got some cliff notes from some of these picks on Philly, from Philly Sai. He reckons the Ooh, Saints are thrown yeah. in the towel, so he's picking the Cowboys mm. for that reason. Yeah, no, I'm down with that. I'd, I'd, I'd go on with that. I'm not sure if they've officially thrown in the towel, but no, 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 they really no. should have done by now. <laughs> it's just start Taysom Hill and just tank they the just, rest of it. The thing is, they're talentless. They're, they're mm. you know, they're, their biggest and best players from recent years are either not playing on IR or retired. And it just, they just feel like a completely different team. It's what we said, you know, in, at the beginning of the season. The Saints are what they were before Breeze. When Drew Breeze arrived, they were, I mean, everyone joked and called them the, you know, the Aints. The Aints, the Aints yeah. Yeah. 
and um, they're they're going back to being that. They they were nothing before Drew Brees, and they're nothing after Drew Brees. Yeah, Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, Cowboys. Let's let's move on. We'll talk about the Saints another time, I'm sure. Uh, on to Sunday then. So the first game is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, I can't possibly go for the Falcons. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tom Brady has the devil's luck, so even if it was a close game, he'll still eke out a win somehow. Everyone's gone for the Bucks. Yep. Uh, Cy says thinks it might be close. Uh, thanks for the improved Falcons yeah. D. I'm not so sure, yeah, but I mean, if he's seeing something there, I mean, I'd still go for the Bucks if they were starting Tile Trask. Oh, genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, I'm not even joking. That's not a dust. They might have to next joke. season. Have to see how it goes. Nah. No, Brady's got another three years left in him oh, yet. Come Jesus, on, please no. Please that avocado no. ice cream, isn't it? <laughs> we need that Wicker Man scene. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Next game: the Arizona Cardinals off their bye at the Chicago Bears. Look out! Alan Murray back. Uh, believe so. Believe so. Okay, uh, Cardinals then. I think Cardinals are a smart but is, is Matt Nagy he hasn't been sacked yet has he, he is not no that. he still has not been sacked which is interesting um, some, someone on YouTube put a, a montage together of all the different sporting events that there's been a chant of sack Matt Nagy so uh, he's been at the basketball there's been, there was a, a kids baseball game yeah it was his was, kids baseball game though was it his kids I, yeah. I did not know that oh that's a bit rough that I don't, is rough sure yeah no one condone that so. Yeah, I'm not sure I like that, but it, it was a fun montage when I when I uh, thought there was a level of innocence to it. But <laughs> going to see your own kids play and having yeah, I'm not sure I like that. I take it back. <laughs> good, good. That's there's rough, a, there's a time and a place for stuff like that. Mm. Um, I actually did have Chicago winning this in my preseason picks, but I, I, much as I want to stick with it, I can't. I can't. Oh no, no! Please do. Please stick. I with will it. not. I will not. <laughs> Next game is the LA Chargers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Chargers Bengals. Yeah. Um, what did I put? Where am I? Uh, I have put the Chargers. Oh, I don't know about that now. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? I am gonna. I mean, the Bengals had a running back, eh? They'd be dangerous. I am gonna go for the Bengals. <laughs> oh, you're switching. I'm Are switching. You really switching the, the... picks. I am. I think. I am. I am. Lip flop because Dave. of what what I've said. I'm happy to be called flip flop. Been called a lot worse today. My son can only say three well. words, and he, even he's managed to have a pop at me today. <laughs> um, what I've said with the Chargers' inability to um, stop the rush and Joe Mixon on such form, and the way the Bengals dominated the line of scrimmage, I can't not go for the Bengals. Mm. Yeah. Well, we Bengals have all gone for the Bengals, well. apart from Philly Sai, who went for the Chargers. So it was a 50-50 until you uh, you nixed that. So yep. uh, size on an island there. Next game is the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions NFC North oh, matchup there. Odd. I mean, heart says Lions. Anyone who doesn't know, I'm a closet Lions fan. You um, are a little bit of a Lions fan, yeah. Viking. I really hope the Lions win. I hope mm. the Lions win by 109 points. I mean, as a division um, game, this is one of the ones that you've got half a chance, no matter how terrible you yeah. are. And they are terrible. They know their opponent better Thank than Jesus most. Crap. Do you know what? This is the fast forward game for most people. Not for me, because I want, want the Lions to win, obviously, and I'll watch the Lions. Um, I'm 
I'll have to go Vikings. Everyone else would have gone. This is a tactical vote. Everyone else would have gone Vikings. No one's going to have gone Lions. If I if I go, I do know that. If I go Lions, <laughs> no one's gone Lions. No one's daft enough to have gone Lions. Uh, um, so I'm doing it purely because I don't lose a point. I hope that the Lions will win. I think there's an outside chance they might win. What can um, you say of your chest? I mean, you've got no. you've got a two game lead. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Vikings. All right, everyone's gone Vikings. So yep. See, see, I was right. I'm not sticking my neck out this time. I've got my lead. I'm sticking with my lead. That's Let's it. see if we're sticking neck out this time. Then it's your Denver Broncos at the white hot Kansas City Chiefs again. AFC West. I, I this is offense versus defense. I think the uh, <laughs> Chiefs defense is as bad as the Broncos offense. I think we have to run the ball and we have to run it well. Mm. Um, the Broncos defense is the unsung hero of the NFL at the moment. I think we're second, we're first, second, or third in almost every category that counts. Uh, right. The Broncos defense, even though it's been ravaged by injuries, has been phenomenal. Um, and we know what the Chiefs and losing Von Miller. And losing Von Miller as well, yeah. Jonathan Cooper has been the steal of the century. I think we drafted him in the sixth or seventh round. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's been absolutely brilliant. And it also helps that we've had four or five players come in from uh, the Vikings. So we seem to have <laughs> robbed every player that they that they uh, that sat behind uh, their primary guys. And they've all come in and done brilliantly. But that's because our uh, general manager was with the Vikings. This is sounding uh, very positive, Dave. I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, pitch in the tent for your... Your home team? I really, really want to, but it's Pat Mahomes. The Broncos haven't won against <laughs> against the Chiefs since like nineteen ninety seven or something. There's uh-huh. some ridiculous record of like twenty one games or something stupid like that. I can't go for the Broncos. I can't. Wow. Sorry. You really? Man. Okay, you're going. You're going for your second favorite team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Give uh, it a rest. <laughs> hey, if you're going to pick them, I've got to rip you for no, it. All right, I've, that's the rules. Yeah, that's the rules, okay? Well, there's no um, way you're going for the Steelers this week, but we'll more on that later. <laughs> we've all gone for the Chiefs. Okay, yeah. so there we go. The New York football giants are at the Miami Dolphins. Both teams got a win last week. One thing I want to say about the Giants, and what, we didn't mention this, and it's something I specifically wanted to bring up. Okay. So they got rid of um, uh, offensive coordinator. What's his Jason Garrett. Name? Nathan Garrett. I was thinking Miles Garrett. It's not Miles Garrett. I didn't want to say... I didn't just want to say Garrett. I wanted to give his full name. Oh, man. Everyone does. Um, So they got rid of Jason Garrett. Who did they replace him with? Who did they replace him with? Freddie Kitchens. I mean, Mm. what the actual F. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I'm going Dolphins. F for Freddie. I do not believe that that offense of the Giants... With with Mike Glennon throwing it, mind you. Oh, I forgot Mike Glennon was playing. Oh, Dolphins are going to win by a million points. Uh, everyone's gone for the Dolphins. Yeah. So, Is there any notes from Philly Thai on this one? No, no, no. I've only got no, a couple okay. more notes. He, he was far too busy to write notes for every game. The, <laughs> <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles are at the New York Football Jets. Eagles, Jets. Uh, Jets got a win last week. Eagles got a loss. Both like green quite a lot. I will say that the Eagles will be less bad so I'm going to go for them. You're going for the Eagles. Again, it's a clean sweep. Yeah. That's going to be a tight game, I think. That's I think so. I, I think so as well. I mean... Um, I don't feel confident on that pick, but... Has he, he, has he given one. notes on... No, he, was, he said, surely he's got to pick the Eagles, basically. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was hoping there's going to be a commentary on that one. Okay. No. 
No. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are at the Houston Texans in an AFC South matchup. I mean, Colts. It has to be. I mean, the Colts are a good team. The Texans are a horrendous team. So, yeah, that's the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Three of us have gone for the Colts. No one's gone for the Texans, Jim. One of us has gone for the Texans. No, they haven't. They have. No, that's not true. That's a lie. <laughs> no one's gone for the Texans. It's not fake news, all right? Someone has gone for the oh, Texans. Go on. That was me. You've gone for the Texans? <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you just trolling us now? I mean, this is... Do you remember what the Texans did to the Titans a few weeks ago? When everyone said right. the Titans were going to win that game. Mm-hmm. Texans looked pretty good at some points during last week's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. Colts mm-hmm. can give it up. So, look, I've got a, I'm behind anyway. I've got to go for it, all right? Okay. So... At, at quarter past six this weekend, when... They're 15 <laughs> points down. I'm not even that. It's a long, long way to go at 15, 15 minutes in. Don't yeah. worry about that, son. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. So, three of us have gone for the three of you have gone for the Colts. I've gone for the Texans. The next game is the Washington football team at the Las Vegas Raiders. East meets Washington. West. Washington. I've also gone Washington. But you know yeah. what Punk's done? Has he gone Washington as well? No, unfortunately, he's gone for the Raiders this time, oh. and so is Philly Sai. So it's a 50 50. I think that's the first time we've got a 50 50 in this. The problem oh. that I've got with the Raiders at the moment, and this is a nine o'clock game, this is the 905. Um, and unfortunately, when there's a 905 game, unless some, unless one of the six o'clock games go into overtime, you tend to see sort of a good 10, 15 minute chunk of this. So uh, go to the loo and make a cup of tea at that point because, you know. Um, I think the the Raiders have a history of shooting themselves in the foot late on in the season. Um, That's and themselves, probably, yeah. Yeah, falling into into this category, I think. Um, Washington seem to be getting a bit better. Um, defense is obviously improving. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm airing on the side of, uh, of Washington on this occasion. Yeah, it's a shame that McKissick's not going to be available, but there's still quality on that Washington offense that I just think it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be tight. But I just like Washington more. I'm sorry, Punk. Just like them more. Oh, okay. I like tuberculosis more than the Raiders. <laughs> That's true. Uh, four games left. First up is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the LA Rams. Um, I, I don't care who the Jags are playing at the moment. As long as the, as long as the team they are playing isn't Detroit, I will probably pick them. Um, yeah, I, it doesn't matter who the Jags play. It's the opposition. Well, three of us have gone for... No, I'm only joking. All four of us have gone for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't me then. <laughs> so, AFC North matchup, the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now. They have not faced each other yet this season. Have they not? No. No. Um, they face each other I, again in week 18. The thing is, I don't believe... It feels weird when you say that, week 18. Um, I don't believe, <laughs> I believe I said it. that you would have gone for the Steelers after last week. However, you're such a fanboy, it wouldn't shock me if you have. And judging by the look on your face, you actually have. If I know you, you let me Let me poke a face this quickly. That look. Go on then. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Never ever rob a bank with Jim. <laughs> ever. Yeah, well, I wasn't set. I wasn't ready. You've gone for the Steelers then, 100%. I can't go for the Steelers after what I saw last week. Um, this... Uh, yeah. I'm not going Steelers. I'm going to have to go Ravens. Uh, well, three of you have gone for the Ravens, and I have still fanboys. I have gone for the Steelers, yeah. 
because it's a division <laughs> game, Dave, and I've seen so many of these, and we do just yeah, no, 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 no. Jim, have the, have the edge is, over them. The I point feel. of this game, though, is yeah. to say who you think will win. Yes. Take your emotions out of it and <laughs> yeah, just say who you think. Do you it's honestly all emotion. Think, it's all emotion. Honestly, think the Seattle that Seattle that the Steelers will mm. beat the Ravens this week. Do you honestly believe that? I think we can. I think you can. Do you think you will? The answer is no. Yes. I'm, I'm going to say it instead. <laughs> I'm going to say it ahead of you. The answer is no. So don't pick them, Jim. It's not just That's me. Soy said he thought the Steelers would win. He just picked the Ravens to spite me, basically. But he wanted to pick I the Steelers. Mean, I mean, this is got a reason as any. Yeah, well, it's the reason, the reason he's going to get All last season, you picked him. <laughs> that's the reason I, lost. I don't. I don't care. All right, we can beat the yes, Ravens. They have yes, massive deficiencies in their game that we can highlight. So mm-hmm. it's a division game, mate. All bets are off in the no, division game. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes, the <laughs> pretty much always the uh, the Sunday night game is the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks NFC West matchup. I can't yeah. slag off the Seahawks the way that I have and then choose them in the pick, so I have to go 49ers. They're definitely the hot hand right now, and everyone has gone for the 49ers. So it makes sense. So, Seattle can win it because they've got Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson yeah. is a genius. Mm. He's got nothing else around him. But where's DK Metcalf um, gone? He was tearing up the well, first only, few weeks this yeah, season. Well, this is the thing. In fantasy this week, I was 28 points ahead. And I looked at DK Metcalf and went, he could do it. The guy who I was playing only had DK Metcalf left. And I was mm-hmm. 28 points ahead. And I thought, he could easily do that. And I was watching the game. And after the after the second quarter, I was like, I'm, I'm safe. I've won this week. There's no <laughs> way. There's no way. I don't care what's happening. Mm. Um, but I'm sick of watching Alex Collins. And I like Alex Collins. But I'm sick of watching Alex Collins just receive the ball as a running back and just batter into the into the offensive line without any yeah. scheming to try and create a hole for him. It's it's, it's doing my head in. Mm. Well, everyone's gone 49ers. That's that. That's the end of it. The Monday night yeah. game is the oh, it's AFC East. It's the New England Patriots at the Buffalo oh. Bills. Oh, actually, oh, actually, oh, you pulled it around. I reckon that's quite a decent little game. I am going, what have I gone for? It's not on so me I've to gone make that for good game. The Bills. I've gone for the Bills. I am going to change my mind. I'm going to go the Patriots. Flip flop, Dave. The only reason to be floppity. I think I've made a I've made a fatal mistake in the past few weeks of going the Bills. They're really good. Mm-hmm. Actually, they're not. Recent weeks, they haven't <laughs> been good. No, I mean they haven't moved the ball well. There's been interceptions galore. They can't they run the ball. Um, and they can't run the ball against the Patriots team who like them or like them or not, they scheme brilliantly well based on who they're playing. I'm mm. gonna go Patriots. And I bet at least one other person has done the same. Well, I don't like to say you're wrong, Dave, but you're wrong. Because the other three have gone for the Bills. You are on an island oh, for the okay. Patriots. You know, it's uh it's in Orchard Park, the weather's not great. New England aren't used to that kind of cold temperature. So, uh, in recent in recent history, uh, the Bills have managed to get the upper hand on the, on the Patriots. Obviously, it's a new bag with uh, Mac Jones there now. They're not having to worry about, well, and they might have a couple of receivers to throw out as well. You never know. Um, Ramondre Stevenson's been pretty good at running back, and uh, yeah, well, Ramondre Stevenson. For anyone who doesn't gap. know, um, 
coming out of uh, OTAs in camp in pre-season, everyone was raving about him yep. and saying this guy is sensational. They were likening him to Todd Gurley before he got injured. Mm. And um, Ramondre Stevenson got injured in pre-season. Yep. Um, didn't play for the first, what, seven, eight, nine weeks or whatever it was. Hit the ground running in week 10, 11 or whatever. You know, I, I can't remember the exact weeks and has been consistently good since then. Um, I managed to pick him up in fantasy to continue to add to my good stable of running backs that I've got. Um, just basically to prevent anything from going on anyone else's roster just in case he came back and bit me in the arse. But yeah, no, he, he looks phenomenal he looks like one of those guys if, if he beats the first man he'll just run off anyone else yeah um uh, yeah he looks uber impressive it's gonna be a good game but it's gonna I be a good game wish, i bet the bills wish they had him <laughs> <laughs> they've got devin singletary if they ever remember to have him uh, suit up so that means uh, the cleveland browns the green bay packers the tennessee titans and carolina panthers are on a bye this week so 14 games in week 13 comprende good we Okay, <laughs> thank you. So uh, that means that the, the pod is over, Dave. Thank you very much uh, for being with me today. And we should get Punk back next week. Like I say, it's only, um, it's only a short sentence that he's uh, yeah, it'll be, carry out. Yeah, it'll be a suspended sentence. Yeah. Maybe a bit, of, uh, a bit of community service will be fine. <laughs> we'll get to hear his thoughts on the Washington-Las Vegas game next week. Um, Massacre. In the meantime, guys, make sure you're following us on all the social media stuff like Twitter and Instagram and all kind of stuff. Um, if you can as well, go to patreon.com slash final down and sign up there where we provide extra content all the time, more videos and things like that and blogs that we can uh, post there. So it's only four quid a month. It's a pound a week. Works out to what? 15p a day or something? Oh, Come on, man. I don't know, maths was my, my strong suit. So. I've only worked in financial services for the past 20 years. Well, I was looking at you, I was like desperately looking into your eyes, like, Dave, hey, please, give, give me a give me a figure. <laughs> give me a calculation. That's right. <laughs> well for <laughs> yeah, if you can do, guys, please do that. But uh, if you can't, that's fine as well. You just won't get to see all the other stuff that we're making. Um, but yeah, until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Never Dave. Thank you so much for listening. 